0: That's blue Nile.com.
1: to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
2: We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health.
1: Hey Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the Fantasy Football Playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard, blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football shock. This is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to 5yardrush.co.uk, into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook.
2: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Tuesday, we're back. And as you are well aware, this is the second podcast of the week because uh, the waiver Wire pod hit your ears late last night, and if you didn't get it, why not get it this morning, get it now, listen to it, because my big man Murph has done the work, and the waivers are out there nice and early. Big man, talking to you,
2: how are you doing? Yeah, all good, mate, not bad. Uh, good to good to get into the season. As I was like, did the Waver Wire podcast yesterday, I was like, wow, this is like crazy, it's week one, it's... <laughs> it felt like the longest off season ever i don't mm. even know like how to like, i struggle to put it in words i feel like it's been about 20 years since football i mean if you think about it let's put this in, in real world perspective right the super bowl happened in february right, first weekend of february this whole covid 19 coronavirus thing was something that we'd heard of had heard of some weird thing happening in china and and we were all joking around thinking, oh, well, this is going to be like the bird flu type thing. It's never really going to take off. And then like, that seems that seems years ago. Like, I feel like I've aged about 10 years this <laughs> yeah.
1: year.
2: It's just nuts.
1: Well, I, think, I think there's two things that make it feel even longer. The first one is that the virus is called COVID-19 and we are rapidly hurtling towards 2021. And we started, if I remember rightly, we started drafting on Super Bowl Sunday, or there or thereabouts.
2: March 1st.
1: Okay. I Yeah, it was supposed to be Super Bowl Sunday, right? And was supposed then it to got be
2: pushed. Super Bowl Sunday, but it was pushed to March 1st.
1: Okay, well, it feels like Super Bowl Sunday. March 1st might as well be Super Bowl Sunday. So, <laughs> I mean, we're still drafting right now. You and I are in a college fantasy draft, so...
2: I've still got three more drafts today. Three? Mm-hmm. Megaloball tonight work thing tomorrow and then
1: you're in the megalo yeah nice
2: and then there was a draft that was supposed to happen last night with all the uk nfl fan groups like the paul brown podcast and the uk cowboys and the uk washington football team i guess they're called now i don't know what the appropriate <laughs> name is i'm not sure if they've changed i'm not sure what's happening but let's just go with that because at least I, if i'm wrong at least they're looking at me in in a way that i was inappropriate um and that was supposed to be last night and then they said oh yeah we'll, we, we'll move it to 10:30." and i was like no nope. <laughs> and we couldn't find a day to work so we're drafting wednesday nights. So i literally would have drafted every day of the off season it's ridiculous yeah. Uh, i'm ready to be done i did a couple of live drafts yesterday which were a good fun but i think uh draft fatigue is, is not only set in. i mean at least with the live ones it's fine but it's very auto picky now like it's just like okay bang this person this round like i'm <laughs> not putting the same effort in i was putting in earlier in the season
1: no i mean it's it's almost as if we've now drafted and the season is insignificant. That's how long this off-season has been and the amount of drafts we've done. It just feels yeah. like 16 weeks. We're going to have 16 weeks off. Although, as the uh, staff chat has blown up over the last week, it turns out that these 16 weeks are going to be 16 weeks where I don't think I'm going to sleep much at all. Because here at Five Yard Rush, you know that train doesn't stop. And not only is the train not stopping, it's turned into a double-decker that's about 34 coaches long. And uh, it's full steam into the season because we've got some serious stuff coming your way, Rush Nation. As you may have heard, the BraverWire pod dropped on Monday. Tuesdays is going to be still the flagship show. Murph and I will be here. Wednesdays, we're hoping to have a guest for you as often as possible. But uh, like us, everyone else appears to be doing more work. So the time for people to appear on the show is less and less. But we do have people in the pipeline. Thursday is going to be the match-up show. That's going to be Murph and his statistical deep dive for the week's games. I might be there, I might not depending on how my life falls down this ravine at the moment. And then Friday you're going to get a lockdown podcast which is going to accompany my Keep It Locked article which is based on wide receiver and cornerback matchups. So having that on a Friday means I'm going to have to keep the players in there that aren't playing Thursday night. So that's, I've just thought that on the fly and that's a good thing to know. Um, Talking of which there's articles just Every day, not in, not every day, but three a day going forward. There's going to be at least three articles a day. It's just it's popping off on Five Yard Baby.
2: Yeah, lots of work. Luckily, we got a good staff who had been dedicated and I held the fort while you and I took a bit of a break uh, from writing after the playbook. But I extended that break a little bit longer, knowing how much content I'd personally be churning out uh, this season. So uh pop three in three days another one out tomorrow uh with the uh i streamed a stream which those of you that are listening know that i picked my stream picks for the week um which are based off the way for wire article so uh they're locked in ready to go tomorrow morning um and then the start sits which will be later on in the week i think thursday um but might be Friday time dependent it will always be a fluctuation but we'll try and nail it down to something more specific but um, well I'll pick some certain start sets uh, for the week and uh, it's harder in the start of the season when you get to about week three, week four and you kind of know who everyone is, it's a bit easier but
1: especially in in the shortened off season right?
2: Well wire is easier now because there's a lot of guys that probably weren't drafted that should have been Uh, in comparison there's some real shockers when I went through the waiver wire. It's like names that's just like I don't understand how they have been
1: drafted. <laughs> There's so. players in your waiver article article, which that was just a mess up of words. I apologize. There are players in your waiver wire article who I have drafted on every single team that I've managed to get on one. It's like, what are these guys doing on the waivers, guys?
2: I have no on. idea. And maybe, maybe the percentages are slightly off, or maybe some of these players exist maybe a bit um, maybe you might not find those players as available. Maybe, you know, I'm trusting ESPN to have done their homework and tell me that their rostered numbers are correct and accurate at the time. (laughs) They might not be. And if they're not, I take some of the responsibility, but not much of it because I can't control that. But they did follow that up with some additional players that I think you should target. That could go off week one. Um, and that players are, people will people be queuing to have. So nice to get ahead of the curve as well. Um, so definitely check those pieces of work out. But yeah, the, the team have been squirreling along, writing a lot of pieces, and there's going to be some really good content uh, across the season, not just to help you win ships, but just to keep you entertained as well, because that's what we're about.
1: And not only us doing all this, you've also got the boys over at Five Yard College who are dropping one or two pods a week plus articles in the list. So yeah, they are doing their utmost over there as well. And that stuff is only getting better and better and better. And I was talking to Tom about it the other day and he had, as I think most people who create stuff do, they're concerned that they're either perhaps a fraud in in where they are or they're not doing as well as they think they are, should be. And I think, you know, you, you think that your content isn't, where it should be and everyone is always a little bit concerned that they're not doing as well and I just I essentially pulled him aside in the the, uh, locker room and said look mate what you're doing is absolutely fire believe in yourself because we believed in you enough to put it out there and you are now a part of the five yard family and what you're doing is great so keep doing it and it will get better and better and I think it was just the pep talk he needed just before we stepped into week one of the college season which was unbelievable in itself but we're not here to talk college ball they can listen to the boys over at five yard college for that Murph, our friends over at Full 10 Yards, we're doing a giveaway about their book. Why don't you let Rush Nation know what it is?
2: Yeah, so they've written a 2020 uh, guide for the season. Uh, Everything you need to know about all 32 NFL teams. Uh, There's a sprinkle of fantasy, a sprinkling of betting. There's a sprinkling of views from the fans. Both Stocks and I contributed to our respective teams. Um, And... They just listen, the guys, especially Tim in particular, at full 10 yards, they're always supportive. There's some of the nicest uh blokes there is. Sean, who was part of the all 32 gangs over there, and got a home who we absolutely love, and Lee does the college t- uh stuff over there, is, is fantastic. And they've got Lawrence and David, who does fantasy stuff. You know, there's a lot of a lot of robbers over there, there's a lot of good guys um big fans of of their work and you know people think podcasts are, are rivalries and maybe there's a little bit of, of fun in that but I am Tim and I in particular pretty close we talk fairly regularly and um, just massive supporters of of what they do so he's actually given us um, five copies of the the guide to give away <laughs> two of them are going to be physical copies and three of them are going to be um, three of them are going to be uh, digital copies. And on top of that we even have a code where you can get a very impressive I just want to double check this I think it's 20 yeah 20% off. So if you go onto the full10yards.com website and if you miss out on this giveaway and don't win one of the uh guides you can actually get 20% off the PDF. And the PDF I think is like 5 pounds. Um so 20% off that saves you ATP. Uh, get it pretty quickly as well. I think it's within 24 hours. So appreciate the season is, is up and coming and it's just about to start. But No time like the present in, in getting that and just getting a little bit smarter. Or if you're a new-ish fan and you're just looking to get a bit more knowledge, uh, it's a very comprehensive guide. So we are giving away five copies. The uh, first two will be hard copies and then three digital copies. And if somebody wants the doesn't want the physical copy and would rather take the PDF, then that'll be fine, and we'll, we'll just knock it down one more. So to win this, I'm going to put a tweet out at some point. It, it'll be out at the time that this airs. Um, Ooh, find nice. find the tweet, um, giveaway tweet, and reply back to it. Uh, so first of all, you've got to retweet the tweet and then reply in the replies and you must reply to the actual tweet because that is the only thing I'm going to look at. Tell answer, you know, just one of us who one of our teams are.
1: Merfolk so stocks,
2: stocks. So yeah, so as long as you can say who's, who stock supports or who I support um, and you just write that in a replies. No bonus points if you get us both because it's pretty simple, but <laughs> just get at least one in there. <laughs> And you uh, you'll have a chance and you'll be entered in to win it, and we'll draw it we uh, will announce it this week love it, and what about the code Murph? What do people use if they if they don't get that? 5 yard rush is the code and you get pretty 20% simple. off so pretty simple <laughs> nothing too hard to remember so yeah you get 20% off the off the guide if you if you use that so go support them it's a, it's a really good wonderful piece of content they are also selling it on amazon as well um i think it's a little bit more but if you buy the physical copy you'll get the digital copy for free
1: win 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 right We've had a lot of reviews. We've had several reviews. We've had some reviews. We might have had one of the above. I can't remember now, math But we've definitely we've had, had some three. reviews.
2: Three. Yeah, I think we've had three reviews since we've started to ask for some more reviews, which is uh, which is really good. Um, so the f- Yeah, I've just got them here actually. That's uh good. actually got four. Oh. Bonus. Okay. So um First one is uh, from Gridiron UK, not just UK's finest, five stars. This isn't just one of the best UK fancy NFL pods, but one of the best the pods internationally. Right up there with the best offerings from the US. Always informative, always fun, never repetitive. Merfin Stocks have great chemistry and always seem to come up with guests. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. We do. Um, UK one five stars, what a podcast. Stumbled upon this podcast and I definitely can't fault it. If you love American football fantasy football get listening and our boy sook he's chipped in five stars love listening to murph and stocks my go-to guys for fantasy advice and then william shuler five year rush rocks five stars never thought that anyone across the pond knew anything about nfl fantasy football (laughs) i just recently found stocks and murph and i wish i'd been a lot sooner these guys are great really good content and analysis keep doing what you're doing and thank you and he's American, so that's a nice extra bonus. So, uh, appreciate that one all the way from the US. Just, you know, keep those reviews coming. It just keeps us relevant in charts that people can find us. And it it just blows my mind how some people will just always seem to find us uh, from all over the world. We've had interactions from some amazing places and just people's always are finding us and those reviews make a massive difference because if you think if you've ever got any enjoyment out of this at all, we've do so many different ways that you can help, you know, we do giveaways. We, you know, ask for reviews. Um, We do Patreon. If you want to go there and interact in the community, there Uh, giveaway leagues, FFCC, listener leagues. And we're always trying to give a lot back, but you know, if you really enjoy this, just to help us a little bit more, just write a review borrow your wife's phone, write a review on Apple Podcasts, it really honestly, I know people sort of ask this and go, oh does it really matter, it really does matter, because those four reviews alone probably put us um, not just significantly up the chance, but people then have found us on the back of those reviews, so it really really means, especially to a podcast like us, because we're not ESPN, we're not uh, uh, Sky Sports, you know, and we're not trying to compete with those guys, like at the end of the day we're here just to, which just guys who just really enjoy talking but more importantly we enjoy the community and the better that community gets the bigger it gets the, the more we all learn and we all win together and that's that's what this is about
1: 100 percent and yeah like i've said if you are new to if you were perhaps new to the podcasting world or fantasy football and you'd searched in itunes for fantasy football And we'd had a few reviews that got us up to the top of the charts. People stumble across us. So the reviews really do help us reach more people in the community. And it's not us stroking our egos through the lamp of the genie. We just, we love the community like Murph said, and we want to be out there helping as many people and making as many
2: new friends as possible. So, Absolutely. During this time, you know, donating any any money at all. You know, we do have a tip jar on our Patreon page. Um, You know, we appreciate a lot of people lost jobs, furloughs, uh, all those sorts of things and you know I don't think we're too money grabbing and for, ask for lots of money from people at all. Um but if for whatever reason, you know you you, you want to give back but you can't do it financially, those reviews are are probably worth in some ways more than, than the dollar amounts you could put in the tip jar. So you know, if you really just want to say thank you, just write a review, that honestly would be the world. Absolutely and preferably five stars.
1: Yeah I mean five's always nice and yeah um... That's what helps us get up there, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, Murph, let's do some news. And the Dolphins coach, head coach, Brian Flores, has officially announced that Ryan Fitzmagic will be the starter week one against the New England Patriots, dispelling the myth that Tua was going to start right away. I mean, we pretty much knew that wasn't going to be the case, and Ryan was going to hold the mantle until Tua was ready. So yeah. baptiz- and it would have been a baptism of fire week one against the Patriots, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah probably not the way you want to start your NFL career uh, yeah no no, no shocks there and um, I think the only reason it was probably even slightly in doubt was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick tragically lost his mother fairly recently and missed some time from, uh, from camp um, that was probably the only thing that was ever going to stop that from happening but uh, Fitzmagic the consummate professional that he is will be guiding the new Dolphins era at least he'll be you know the flag bearer for that for a little while longer
1: yeah, spoiler alert. The pay, Patriots-Dolphins matchup may or may not be in uh, lock it down this week. Just... Ooh, spicy. But not really. Stefan Gilmer's the best corner in the league, so anybody who goes up against him is going to have a torrid time. But, uh Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for that one right down to Las Vegas and the Raiders have made a somewhat surprising move on cut down day, sending a third round pick Lynn Bowden, who was just drafted, along with a six round pick to Miami for a fourth rounder. And uh, Mike Mayo has called it a football move. This seems bizarre considering they spent a third round on, on Lynn Bowden.
2: I think they just decided he doesn't fit. Um...
1: Which is unusual because he is a utility player. <laughs>
2: Well, I I think, you know, the way that Mayok was describing it was this kid's been brilliant. You know, we scouted him, um, we scouted him, you know, his character has been top notch, his attitude, his application, everything that you could ask of a professional was as good as it can be. But because there hasn't been these preseason games, because there hasn't been these situations where he could really get to one position and, and practice that significantly they made that decision of, of seeing what they could get back. Um, And, you know, they, they did another trade. So, you know, effectively that fourth round pick was a fourth round pick that was traded for another player from the roster. So uh, all in all, I think it's an interesting one because for the dolphins, I mean, Limbaldon is, is a divisive player because he doesn't really have a position. You know, Uh, they talked, they drafted him as a running back. Um, but he's played wide receiver, he's played wildcat, he's played QB, he's played a bit of everything. And I guess Brian Flores is looking for flexible guys. Um, you know, he's got two guys in the backfield there that are very static. He's got you know some intriguing wide receiver weapons, um, and you know doesn't really have a wide receiver three there. It's a big sort of cluster. You know, we talked about Gary Jennings and Jakeen Grant, and maybe Bowden gets some play out there for a little bit yeah it's an interesting move um he's definitely got talent it's i mean you don't get drafted into the nfl if you don't it's just about can he actually call a position his own long enough in the nfl to to last and 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 the thing the thing is with bruden he loses patience with players quickly so i think Mm. for Limbowden personally this is a good move um but it is a bit of a surprise given they've traded a player who hasn't played for them but Bay says it, it's a football move, so
1: yeah i mean and and considering they've just moved Josh Rosen over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad, he if all else fails, he could stand under center and take some snaps because he did it at Kentucky right
2: yeah i mean that that one was really surprising because i don't they've already paid up Josh Rosen and I mean they didn't have to pay i mean Arizona paid the majority of his contract right so um you know they were on the hook for uh three points. I think it was 3.2 or 3.4 million over two years is what um, is what Miami are on the hook for. Um so it was interesting to see him get cut. Um clearly, you know, the the coaching staff have decided that they weren't going to do anything with him given that two is there and two is the franchise. So maybe they just felt there's just nothing to do with Josh Rosen, maybe just did the right thing by him by by cutting him. And and Rosen had uh, a lot of choices to where he wanted to go. I think uh, as many as three teams were willing to give him a 53 spot. Uh, but he decided on Tampa and felt that was the best move for him. And, you know, the thing with the practice squad is he could sign anywhere at any time. He doesn't have to sign with Tampa. But And everyone's getting this, this glitz and glamour about. And I, I actually said in our group chat, I said, I think it would be a great move for him before he even came to Tampa. But I would have put him on the 53. Because Ryan Griffin's 13, he's played for like four or eight snaps in the NFL. And he's not really going to be the guy. And play, and I get why Blaine Gabbert's there. Blaine Gabbert's there because he's a, an Arians guy. So I would have Rosen with a few to see who he is. He's a former first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Like At the end of the day, you might as well see what you've got. I mean, you've got him in the building, but you know, the practice squad, he's not going to be practicing with Brady. He's not, he's not even going to be on Brady's radar. He's going to watch him in practice. He's, just, he's basically just going to be a spectator. And see, I'm going to learn from these guys by watching. He's not really going to spend a lot of time with them. It's not like the practice squad get overly involved in 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 loads of practices with the first. I mean, him and Brady aren't going to become best buddies all of a sudden because <laughs> they're on the roster. You know, Brady's got two other guys there, yeah. uh, so it doesn't quite work like that. So, I think if Rosen can apply himself and can get on the fifty three, I think that's a massive step up for him. But.
1: Unless Let's this is Arian's happens. secret quarantine quarterback maneuver where he keeps Josh Rosen away from everyone else on the practice squad. If the quarterback room was to get COVID, then all of a sudden Josh Rosen could be activated to the 53 and you've got yourself a, a secret QB. I don't know. That's me going down a rabbit hole. We,
2: so that, on that road then. So that, uh, you know, not on Rosen, but the Buccaneers did something that was extremely interesting. And they signed um, former Titans kicker Greg Joseph to the practice squad. Now, I've never seen a kicker on a practice squad, ever. And purely their decision is, if Ryan Suckup moves the new kicker at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after Matt Gay got cut, if he fails, we've got a kicker in 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 the room already. And that is their thinking, is we've had problems with kickers for... 10 years let's <laughs> have a second one but we're not going to roster him because they've changed the practice squad this year so they've got almost anybody can be on the the practice squad mm. because it's covid so josh mccowan who's 41 and was arming and ahhing and i think maybe officially retired i don't know for sure Is on the eagles practice squad this year that is oldest just... player oldest player ever to be on the practice squad he's 41 i mean that is if you're not if you're talking about practice squads to gain advantage that he's absolutely taking the mickey because yep. what is a 41 year old qb do yeah, he doesn't
1: need much practice does he let's be honest he's practiced for the last 20 years of his life
2: maybe maybe because of all the wide receiver injuries they've already got there they're thinking maybe they'll line him up <laughs> at wide receiver i mean we made this joke last year let's get some legs out of it let's do it again this year
1: well we did it with mark sanchez so hey well it might happen again Let's go to Chicago. The Bears have named Trubisky the starting quarterback for week one. So after losing out on opening day gig, Nick Foles has returned to his role as a veteran mentor. It was, to me, it was pretty obvious that Mitch was always going to be the starter of week one just because of his familiarity with the team and the playbook and stuff. And as much as Foles came in to, to challenge Trubisky, I think it was always Mitch's to lose. And hopefully this, you know, sticks a little bit of a rocket up him and he comes out and performs a little bit better than he did last year. Cause he was pretty terrible last year. And I think it could be nine of one and nine of the other, or however many games there are that Mitch starts some and Foles starts the other. But if you compare their stats going back over, if you take Foles stats out of uh, LA or where he was at St. Louis Rams, actually Foles was pretty good and they could, they compare almost identically Trubisky and Foles in that stature. So
2: I I don't think the plan was to have Nick Foles as the backup. If if I'm honest, I do think you not? Okay. I really don't. I I purely think that you've got a, a, a general manager Ryan Pace there who's under pressure. You've got Matt Nagy, former coach of the year, who had a, an absolute stinker last year. They've not given Mitch Trubisky his fifth year. They've 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 declined that option. They and then they've traded for Foles. I just think if preseason was a thing and it had a proper camp battle, I think Foles wins the job. I think Mitch Trubisky has been given a lifeline that you can argue he did or he didn't deserve. It, it is his job. So ultimately, he is the one that's going to have to lose it in order to give it up. And you're right, that could be 9-9. Nine nine. I don't think there is a set plan for Foles to come in at, say, week four or a week six, I think they're going to roll with Mitch. But I think Mitch's leash is shorter than ever. I think if he has one bad game, a oh, really bad, it's, it's if he has of, a four interception game, he's gone. Yeah, and, I think, and, and that's paper. him. Yeah, yeah. And that's him. That's, that's him as an NFL starter. That's not even him at the best. Yeah. He will not. Mate, he will not get another. I mean, he'll get another chance potentially to earn a starting job and go into a camp battle and all these things. So I'd say never's never, but it's his last chance really to prove he is an NFL starter because as a number two pick, he has been severely underwhelming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. If I'm going to read this next one off the show doc, I had absolutely no idea what this is about, and I don't even know what it means reading it. So I'm no, going to read it, yeah, and I'm you're going to tell me it. about it because. All I knew was that Jadavian Clowney had signed with the Titans. I didn't know that this, whatever this was, happened with the Saints. So apparently, making a final pitch late on Saturday to land Jadavian Clowney, the Saints got very creative and attempted to pull off a move that is believed to be the first of its kind in NFL history. They couldn't get final clearance from the league, so it didn't happen. So the Saints were working with another team towards a unique sign and trade deal. That would have manoeuvred around a salary cup constraints to bring Clowney in to New Orleans, but the talks fell apart with the NFL unwilling to approve such a deal. So, as I said, Clowney ended up in Tennessee. Now, fill me in: what is this even about?
2: So, the Saints don't have fifteen million dollars in in cap to pay Jadavian Clowney. Okay, that was the offer he got from the Titans. He would have preferred to play for the Saints given the stature and competing for a Super Bowl, um, which you can say with the Titans, although a playoff team for the last couple of years are not in that league. Um, The offer was 13-2. and So 13 guaranteed-2 incentives. Saints don't have that. They had closer to 10 million. They approached a NFL team that is believed to be the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns were going to sign... Jadavian Clowney for $15 million, a $5 million signing bonus with $10 million in guarantees or in, uh, an eight and a two or something along those lines. Then they were going to trade Jadavian Clowney to the Saints upon signing for a second round pick and a player. Because what that would have done, the signing bonus would have been eaten by Cleveland, so therefore the saints would have only been on the hook for the 10 million. Therefore the reason that the NFL refused this is they do not believe that you can trade cash. And that is effectively how this, this trade was viewed. Um, some people very upset about it thinking this was just a very ingenious and very smart way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, some think it's uh, egregious, Um at the end of the day, they they knew there was a line because they wouldn't have gone to the NFL. They would have just gone through and made these trades, and if it hadn't been allowed, it hadn't have been allowed. So clearly they knew that they, there was a line that they were pretty close to to have involved the NFL to get guidance on to whether or not these trades would have been approved. And they wouldn't have, ultimately, and that's why it didn't happen. That is why Jadavian Clowney is a Titan ah. I mean, we've seen the Browns make some moves. Brock Osweiler, for example, went to Cleveland with a second-round pick. And I think they traded a sixth or seventh. I can't remember what it was. Um, but effectively, what they did is they, they paid $16 million for a second-round pick because they had no intention of playing Brock Osweiler. Mm. They just bought the player for the cap. And there have been moves that have been you know, similar in this vein. But I think the spirit of signing a player to immediately trade him—this isn't like football, as in with the round ball and loan deals. This is a permanent. Clowney would have been a Brown for about ten minutes, yeah, and then he would have been another team. And I, for me personally, something doesn't sit right in the spirit of the game of that. Had it been a roster or, or something, had there been a different way of doing it, I perhaps would have thought differently, but. The spirit of signing a player to help another team out just I didn't sit right for me the the salary it's circumventing the salary cap the salary cap is there to keep things even um and allowing a team to do something like that I think goes against the spirit of the game personally but no hey, I agree, I'm a romanticist I agree. It, yeah it was it
1: confused me when I saw what you'd written because I hadn't heard anything about it and then I thought. I'm going to say this and I don't even know what I'm talking about. So it's <laughs> good to have you there to back me up. And I agree. It's not its not like the Brock Osweiler deal where they weren't going to play him. They're, they want to play Jadavian Clowney as you would, but they haven't got the money. So they're going to send something back to the Browns, which is a little nefarious as opposed to just signing Brock Osweiler because you're going to use that second round pick essentially. So, yeah. Interesting.
2: And, that, and, that, and that's it. So it... It is what it is. Um, Ultimately, it's not happened. Clowney is a Titan. The Saints miss out. That's it. Yeah, but it was a cool story. Yeah, it was like it's
1: pretty much unique and maybe never happened before. So it's good to know about it. So Cameron Heyward, he's evolved into one of the best defensive players in the NFL, and the Steelers are now going to pay him like it. The all pro defensive tackles agree to a whopping four year extension worth a cool sixty five point six million dollars, and that's per Ian Rappaport. That's a whole load of money.
2: I don't know how the Steelers are gonna work this, because their cap situation is abysmal. I don't quite know how that is. I don't I don't know how they're structuring these deals. There's, there's two teams in the league that have very, very severe cap situations. And Pittsburgh's one of them. And they're going to need to potentially cut players. Because they're at this stage now where they've got so much money committed going forward. They actually, I don't know how they get a 53-man roster next year. I'm, I'm sure they're going to do it because they're going to have to. But I don't know how they're going to do it because mm. they've got so much money future commit, Like... They've got like 33, 34 guys on their roster next year taking up about 90% of their cap. So I don't know how they're going to wangle the rest of it with draft picks, things like that. You know, draft picks cost money. You know, you have to pay them sets amount of money. You can't just pay a draft pick like the league minimum. So, I, you know, it, it's, it, we're getting to the point where they're not going to be able to sign a first-round pick next year. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. They're going to have to move some players off that roster. The other team is the Saints, and the Saints actually have $260 million committed next year. Because what they've been doing with players like Drew Brees is they've basically been rolling over their money. So they've basically been saying, "Right, Brees, we know we owe you like forty million this year, but if we pay you forty million, we can't remain competitive. So we're going to roll X amount over into the following year. So you, it basically takes a restructured contract. And so the the point now where Drew Brees is owed like close to sixty million? <laughs> and like at the end of the day, this this money has to be because it's roster management and cap management has to be paid because effectively you're leveraged against your future so the saints have 260 million against the cap the tap the cap isn't 260 million next year so again they're going to have to make a lot of roster moves mm. to make this work and and for both teams their super bowl window is is very short as a result of it you've got teams that have spent up to the cap you'll have teams the buccaneers for example just restructured mike evans's contract and freed up you know, close to close to 12 million in, in cap so that they could sign for now and sign a couple of other players. The difference with that is they've got cap money going forward. So they, you know, they've, they've leveraged the Hilt this year, knowing their cap money is, is near the top. But in future years, their cap money is is sound. So they, they haven't got the same problems. It's, it's future years these teams are really really struggling so it'd be an interesting one to watch for me the saint super bowl window is is this year only because i don't know how they're going to pay for it going forward and maybe to the detriment of future years with this team i mean mm. i could see sean payton walking away and saying see you later win or lose i'm done i'm not dealing with a roster that is this messed up yep Because they're going to have to blow it up because they
1: can't afford it. And it pays the picture for people like Juju and Alvin Kamara who are in their contract years on these two teams where they are perhaps some of the most explosive players on their roster on the offensive side of the ball. And the Saints and Steelers aren't going to be able to afford to keep these guys. So, I mean, uh, Kamara might get a deal done because he is the linchpin of that offense, except Michael Thomas, whereas Juju... You know, he had a down year last year and I'm super high on him this year and he is explosively talented out of the slot and they're going to move him back to the slot. But if they can't afford him, we all know how Pittsburgh are with their wide receivers in the draft and stuff. They pick guys up really well. And if Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and James Washington are the future going forward, as good as you are, Juju, we can't afford you, son, and you're out.
2: Yeah, It's a it's an interesting scenario. That's why the cap makes it interesting. It's why it's so hard to build a dynasty because of these cap complications. Um, it's very hard to keep players for the majority of their careers given how much money they want versus how much it is. You know, p- people like Brady took market less than market value every contract because he wanted to win. His desire to win was more than getting paid as the best guy in the league. He wanted his ego to show that he had the most rings, not that he got the biggest money
1: which in turn probably made him more for endorsements and sponsorship than if he'd just taken absolute cap top money that was provided for him and they didn't get the ring. So,
2: And that's how he saw it. It's, and, and you know, it's things like that. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one to play out. And over a couple of years' time, it'll be interesting to see where the Steelers and and the Saints are and how they've got out of these cap situations because they're extremely complicated and um very, very crippling to those franchises.
1: Yeah, especially as both QBs are towards the or at the end of their career as well. So it could be it's one and done, I think, for these guys now. Moving on to uh, one and done. Adrian Peterson was released by Washington football team, which side note, Rush Nation, if you have seen their name on Sleeper, looks ridiculous in the DST section. The Washington football team, as opposed to the nickname Eagles or Colts or whatever. It just does not sit right with me whatsoever.
2: Yeah, but But you know why they haven't got a name yet, don't you? No. It was a property developer. I think we talked about this. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, and he, he bought all the name rights.
2: He bought all the name rights. So yep. they've been negotiating with him for a while. Yep. Apparently, they've got a team name that they want, but boy, a budget.
1: <laughs> a fair play, sir. I mean, it's an absolutely dastardly move, but it's a really good one if to make some quick chela, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so Peterson was released by Washington and uh, then was snaffled up by Detroit. So... I don't know what that does for Carry On and DeAndre Swift. Swift and
2: I don't think it does anything. I, I I genuinely don't. I think I think that's the end of Adrian Peterson's fantasy relevant uh, back. I don't think it does a lot for Carry On. I don't think it does a lot for for Swift. I think, I you know, is Carry is On going to play sixteen games? Probably not. Uh, Swift will be the heir apparent in that in that backfield. Uh, Swift, uh, you know, Peterson will be there making some plays the same way they've always had guys that will make plays Ty Johnson's and the
1: theoretics uh, and
2: people. JG like McKissick. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like he's just going to be a guy there. Um, I mean, it's an appropriate place to finish your career. Detroit isn't it? I mean, you couldn't write it better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to another backfield man, fire the cannons that is completely and utterly up in smoke now. The Buccaneers signed Leonard Fournette, so as if adding McCoy, Lashawn Shady McCoy to the backfield mess that was Rojo and Keyshawn Vaughn and no one really knew what was happening, McCoy jumped in, made it a little bit more murky and then all of a sudden, Noodle Legs himself has has ended up on your Buccaneers, Murph. So, this is a backfield we want all of, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought McCoy was going to do something in this backfield. Clearly not the case now. Um, I think the only piece of this backfield i would want any part of is pff, i can 't even going say this is fournette oh my goodness because i wouldn 't want by the way first seven games i wouldn 't want to touch any of them i I think Rojo will get some starts early because he 's been there, and he might do all right first couple of games might do okay that 's it I think you know I think fournette can win the job. Because I think Fournette is better than, than Mojo. Hmm. And they clearly want that kind of player. You know, anyway, this, this kind of just, we, we said it time and time again, I think I, I went on to quite a few podcasts and said, don't draft Ronald Jones. You will regret it. And... We sit here now because this this was going to happen. All right, maybe not with a player of Fournette's caliber or whatever, but ultimately this was going to happen. They they have told us, they've telegraphed that they were going to sign a player in this backfield on top of what they already had. You know, they've met with they would met with Devonta Freeman. They'd signed McCoy. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. This is not the actions of a team that feel very confident about Ronald Jones. <laughs> no. You don't need you don't need any any other proof. Um I I think Fournet wins the job at some point. I think it's a murky backfield. Effectively I think Jason Light and, and Bruce Arians got a jump on everyone and started playing Madden twenty twenty one back in <laughs> back in March when uh, the free agency here had signed and then he signed Tom Brady. Um incredible business to build a team like this in the manner that they have. I don't think the team's winning the Super Bowl, but <laughs> I do think the playoff that might be uh, might be broken this year, which would be which would be nice. But yeah, it's it, it, it's all the moves you make if you're trying to win now, and that's ultimately what they've done. They've pushed all the chips in the middle and gone, we're going for it.
1: Yeah, that week three smash between the Broncos Buccaneers is going to be something special. I think you've got the win now Buccaneers with the give the quarterback every single weapon he could possibly want to see if he will fail Broncos. So. I think if they both get dialed in early, that one could be a good good game. Which uh, we're still yet to work a plan out for that one, but hey, yeah, stranger things have happened, right, Murph? Let's talk. Let's talk some fantasy football. Let's talk. There's no more draft talk. If you're drafting now, you have all the possible information you could ever need to get your draft right. Um, A side note on that: another side note, Rush Nation, you're getting all the side notes from stocks this week. Don't do a 60 second per pick draft. It is way too fast. All you have to do is look away from your phone for what felt like three blinks and I'd missed an entire round and a half and I'd auto-pick Damian Harris. Now, it was in about the 12th round, so I wasn't mad at it. But I was trying to cook dinner for my son and it happened so fast that 60 seconds just isn't quite long enough to keep an eye, one eye on your phone. So I recommend 90 seconds if you're drafting in the next three days. But like I said, the drafts, They're pretty much over, and if they're not, we've given you all the information for you to use to make best use in your drafts. You've got your fantasy football playbook, still relevant information in there. Today, we're going to be talking about tips getting you ready for week one, because it is two days away. Today's Tuesday. There's a Wednesday night. In fact, there's a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night, and the football is back, baby. It's week one. Murph, let's do some tips on how to be ready for week one, because if you're not ready for week one, you're not ready for the season.
2: No so i i put together some tips um i'm going to rattle through these quickly and then hand it over to to you well not not too quickly
1: because i've piggybacked off of yours so
2: oh okay we'll chime in chime in where you want so i put five tips here that i felt are very important for um for week one the first one is do your waivers um especially those of you that drafted weeks months ago now I've seen more than ever the effect of people reacting and overreacting to news. Um, the, you know, roto world effect uh, as it's coined in the States where a blurb comes out about someone doing something in camp and people have got massively excited and, you know, blown a load of fab bucks on Bryce Love and um, try, I think of some good examples of, of players that have been brought up that, that perhaps um, oh, Raquel sure. Armstead
1: our oh, boy Raquel Armstead I saw him go for $75 in one league
2: mental but then I I half understand it in the sense of your fab bucks mean more now than than ever so but is he really going to be like an RB1 which is what you'd be spending 75 bucks on not necessarily um but yeah there's been some really interesting um sign-ups and and players that have been bought and then had to be dropped again and and all of those. So get your waivers done now because now you've got the most amount of information. So players, we've written the Waiver Wire articles, we've done the Waiver Wire pod, players who perhaps weren't drafted, players like Brian Edwards, uh, Darrell Williams, uh, Chris Thompson. These are all players that you probably want to be having sneaky um additions onto yeah Anthony Miller especially with no David Montgomery these are all players that you should be adding Paris Campbell um you know maybe even think about tight end if you didn't invest much a tight end in the draft and a Dallas Goddard is there a Blake Jarwin a a Johnny Smith this is the time to really pick those players up because they blow up week one and their value just skyrockets so right now their value is is at their floor um so just pick him up for a dollar, two dollars, zero. I've been making a lot of waiver additions over the last few days. Just been picking up bits and pieces. I've uh, been picking up a lot of Exibo for zero. Like, well, if he doesn't land, I've not paid anything for him. I don't really care. Um, you know, use your IR spots. Raquel Armstead is on an IR spot. Dump him on there. Go sign someone. If if Exibo goes off on the weekend then happy days you know he would have cost me like 10 15 fab bucks next week so he probably won't but you might as well take the darts uh, and to do your waivers do them now get ahead of everyone else because everyone else is going to do them tomorrow wednesday maybe even thursday morning so just be diligent and just do them now
1: yep and, and on that, Murph talking about tight ends and stuff. Even quarterbacks, if you're if you're in a slightly deeper league, which you should be because of COVID, and you only drafted one quarterback and one tight end, and you've got some really deep wide receivers or running backs that you. Think, oh, they might be a running back three, or I might be able to play them occasionally on my flex. You can drop those guys now for the John O'Smiths, or perhaps, let's say, Joe Burrow isn't drafted, or even someone like Big Ben in a team in a league where perhaps oh, everyone only took one quarterback. I'm not advocating drafting two quarterbacks, but in a season that is as unpredictable as the one we're about to approach, having two tight ends it's basically two lottery tickets into this year's Mark Andrews lottery because I mean if you can get two tickets into getting Mark Andrews you'd rather that than one right so if you've got Mike Kosicki and Jonu Smith and they both blow up well happy days if have have got trade bait or someone to stick in the flex and if one of them blows up and the other one doesn't you can then redrop that player so if you've got someone you're not sure on but doesn't offer a lot of upside on your bench because you drafted him which is where one of Murph's next points come up draft draft value is about to become completely irrelevant and it's going to be all about matchups but i'll let murph talk about that in a minute but if you can get these quarterbacks and tight ends that could blow up and you've got them on your roster for nothing now it's better than paying fab
2: later down the road the same thing goes with these wide receivers right wide receiver is a highly replaceable position if you've got six wide receivers on your roster trim one you can trim one um Unless you, I mean, if you're in a deeper league and you're playing with you know more spots, then you know work out what the appropriate number is. But to give you an example, you know, you could drop someone like Nikhil Harry now. You could drop someone like um, potentially someone like Michael Pittman now. You can, you know, and these are players that might break out at some point and they might have some good weeks. Um, but you can miss out on those to get those tight ends to get those quarterbacks in now because. Especially, I expect there to be a very high number of injuries in the first two weeks of this season. Probably more than we've ever seen. You know, last season, how many quarterbacks went down? There were absolutely loads. You know, Cam went down. uh, Big Ben went down. Um, Andrew
1: Luck retired. (laughs) Andrew
2: Luck retired. Nick Foles went down. Um, I still haven't scratched the surface, but there's loads. There were loads of QBs that went down in those first three weeks of the season it can happen. And it, it, you know, I would say there's a, there's a more than a small chance that it will happen again. So just if, if, if there's a player out there, like a Gardner Minshew, like a Phil Rivers, like a Kirk cousins, like a Cam Newton in particular, these are the sorts of players, especially Cam Newton, if Cam Newton's free in your, in your league, you, you should add him because he's someone that, you know, he's the captain now. He's probably not going to get dropped for Stidham. He's going to play until he gets injured. Um, but he's gonna you know, when he is fit, he's a, a highly elite fantasy football quarterback. So, you know, it's much better to have him on your roster the same way that you would have had a Lamar Jackson last season. No real grandeur to play in, but if he blows up then you've got that guy. Yeah. Then then have you know Braxton Berrios on your roster or you know, Divine Zipper I just talked about as another one. Is you could you know, I'd rather have Cam Newton yep. than than those sorts of players. So, you know, make th- don't treat this as any other year expect injuries expect roster turnover do the due diligence and, and, and make sure you've got players so you don't need to just be fluffing on the waiver of wire hoping that your guy gets to you
1: yeah it's a, the injury thing is akin to having a run for the very first time in a long time you think these players have Practice before the season, training camps. Then they have preseason games, and then they hit the season. We see it with the Ravens; they always win the preseason because they play as if they're playing proper games. Now, you imagine you go for a run around your local streets or wherever happened you live, and you get you get those DOMs two or three days in because you haven't had a run in a while. Now you have a run every night, every other night for three weeks. All of a sudden, running no longer hurts. These guys now have to go out and play American football, which is a thousand percent all the time on very little practice. And like Murph says, these injuries are going to come, they're going to come thick and fast. And I'd rather have upside on my bench than somebody who could perhaps feel a flex spot once in a while.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And that leads to, you know, my next two points, which kind of go hand in hand here, which is to set the lineups for your teams. Now Um, And I'm not saying you don't tweak them, but you have the lineups as if the games were to start tonight Mm -hmm. and definitely tweak them with the information that changes in front of you. But It's so much easier to make a tweak than to set all your lineups on the day. And then you miss something because you're rushing. At least if you set them now, you can just do a double check. No, I'm happy with that. Or or I've got a bit more information there. I might want to play Matt Ryan over Kyler Murray. They're absolutely fine to make tinkers. But to set all your lineups, you know, towards the end of this week or in a mad rush on Thursday night, don't, don't put that pressure on yourself. Set your lineups now. Make sure you don't put any Thursday players in your flex. Massive, massive takeaway. Never flex on Thursdays. It would just make the, the 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 day of the season easier. So just set those lineups now. I did that. You know, we had a lot of leagues. We didn't draft kickers. We didn't draft DSTs. We made some roster moves. Um, picked up those players. Um, have now got lineups that, you know, if the season was to start right now, you know, those lineups are, are ready, but there will still be some tinkering over the next day or so. There's some, you know, just game time decisions. Um, you know, there's one with Wentz, for example. But now he seems fit. You know, that makes it a lot of an easier decision uh, to start him over another quarterback that we had on the roster. Those those little things. So, you know, get your lineups in. You know, you don't have to be married to them, but you just if you have them in, you've done ninety percent of the work,
1: and exactly. then just make your tweaks. Exactly. And the thing is, if you set them now, and you don't happen to remember to check them. Before the game starts, especially if you do play Thursday night players and you perhaps weren't, they weren't in your side, but you wanted to play them. If you set them now and forget, then you're not going to miss out. Whereas if you set them on Thursday and forget to set them you're going to miss out. So set them early. And then like Murph said, double check them towards the end of the week or Thursday night football. Talking of never flex on Thursdays, Murph, if you want to remind yourself every Thursday or during the week, not to flex on a Thursday, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk, hit the shop and get yourself a never flex on Thursday's t-shirt or hoodie. And then you can remind yourself all week long, Rush Nation. Next one, Murph, talk about the where they drafted the players and why they no longer matter.
2: I've just had some breaking news.
1: Oh, I I don't have the soundboard set up, but Lauren would be in your ears.
2: Former Buccaneers 7th round pick Raymond Calais has just been signed off their practice squad by the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. So they're 53. It's
1: like a Tavon Austin sitch, I think.
2: I'd expect him to probably be the kick returner. Special teams, I'd expect that to be. Yeah, I'd expect that to be a special teams move, but interesting that he assigned for their 53 off the yeah. practice squad. So Interesting
1: that he got cut as well after Arians waxed lyrical about him after the draft. So
2: Well, he signed a couple of running backs, and that was always going to happen, unfortunately. Very
1: true, very true.
2: But um, yeah, so we talked about, um, just want to drop that in because it literally just broke. Yeah, so this one's about draft capital, and this one really annoys me. Um, I see players that go, I drafted so and so in the third round, therefore I've got to play him. But you know what? If his matchup stinks, you don't have to play. Nope. Him. Yeah, okay, maybe you have to question why he took a guy in the third round if you're not going to play him every week. But ultimately, draft value is now dead. It doesn't exist, right? You, you don't have a draft value on these players. You've picked them up, they are your team. There are times when you're going to have advantageous matchups where a sixth-round pick might have a better matchup than a third-round pick. And if that's the case, go with your gut. Go with if you think that's a better move. Don't just pick players that's like, well, he was my number one pick, so he's got to play. I mean, your chances are your number one pick is going to play every week, right? So you're not going to not play Christian McCaffrey. But there's also, for me, very few players that are match-up proof. Probably 20 guys. I think everyone else there's a conversation to be had. I'm not saying it wouldn't go that way or this way, but... You know, someone like Tyler Lockett for me is someone who I can consider to be matchup dependent. Le'Veon Bell could be someone who's matchup dependent. You know, these are guys taking the third, fourth round, for example. So don't just sit there and go, I took this guy this high, therefore I've got to play him every week. It's your team. You know, you do what you think is best and you follow the matchups. You know, if you have signed Chris Thompson and knowing that he's going to have almost no competition this week, and your decision is, say, someone like Chris Thompson and someone like uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I, i'd go chris thompson I, I really would because chris thompson you know he's going to volume he's going to get catches out of the backfield you True. know he's probably good for x amount of points probably somewhere in the region of 10 to 15 points jonathan taylor could get a five he could get a three because he might not play marlon mack might take all of them we don't know what we're getting yeah so just because you draft for jonathan taylor in the third fourth round doesn't necessarily mean you have to play jonathan taylor this week I can understand the call to play Jonathan Taylor over Chris Thompson. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But my point is there's conversations to be had. Do the rationale. Do the thinking. Plan it out. Just don't automatically lock your player because you draft them in a certain position because that is where you lose. And this one sort of really ties into it. There's a lot of guys who are questionable, a lot of guys who are doubtful coming into week one. There's a lot of injuries out there. Kenyon Drake, we just talked about. Uh, Carson Wentz, he seems to be a go, which is fine. Um, players like Jalen Rager who are doubtful. Uh, Trey Burton, I think, has now been ruled out for the first two weeks, uh, for (laughs) those of you really deep leagues. (laughs) Um, But, you know, my point is, if you have your fantasy team, especially, and this is going to tie into one of your points you're going to drop in a minute, if you have, you know, teams that you're really focusing on, you could have one team, you could have 90. But ultimately, the teams that you're you're really focused on follow the beat writers of the players on your team um, and get what they're saying. Because they will know first if so and so is going to play or not, and the sooner you have that information, the sooner you can make a decision on it. So, make sure you follow those beat writers. Make sure that you're getting up to date information. Um, if you don't subscribe to the Athletic, and we're not sponsored by the Athletic in any way, but that is an incredible resource. They have beat writers from uh, for all teams. Though um, you can follow those guys on Twitter. Finalists, who they are, follow them on Twitter. They're very smart, not just guys, women as well. Um, they're smart people who write for these teams. So follow them and they will give you the information that you need at the earliest possible opportunity so that you can make those decisions faster about your squad. Because if you get that information, it's too late. You might miss the play. You need to get on waivers because someone else beat you to it.
1: Absolutely. And I think as well... Not necessarily just following the beat writers of the players on your fantasy team, but if you follow one for every team and there's somebody out instant. So let's say, for instance, Jalen Riga. Now he, from what I heard today, is projected to possibly miss four weeks. Now, if, you have a, if he's his owner has a bad couple of weeks in the league and are uh, needing to get the win, and you've heard from the Eagles beat writer that Jalen Rigo is actually going to be fit for week three, you could slide a little trade offer into that owner who's currently behind the eight ball and th- and he thinks he's out for four weeks. So he's struggling, whereas actually he's only a bit, and you could steal that third week comeback for a little bit less on the dollar, on the, you know, 75 cents on the dollar. You could also benefit that way. So following the beat writers is massive because you get all your ears to the ground and, and you follow the whole league. So no, no, that that's not my tip, but that's what I gleaned from that Murph and following the beat writers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my first tip, and that's look at your opponent's team and see if there's any weakness that you could exploit by using players in that matchup. So let's say, for instance, I don't know, you've got your quarterback is. Phil Rivers. Say you drafted Phil Rivers and Cam Newton. Now that's that's a bad example I know, but perhaps your opponent has James White and Julian Edelman. Now if you start Cam Newton in that week against your opponent, you won't for every touchdown James White and Julian Edelman scores, you'll be returning points with Cam as opposed to Phil Rivers who might have had, you know, just a random player on another team. That's 6 points for Phil Whereas if your opponent's player, James White, scores six points for his touchdown, Cam's getting four or six for him and you're negating the points. So if there's something like that you can do, it's well worth keeping an eye on your opponent's team and upcoming and stuff like that. So you can try and play the matchup as best as possible. Now, my second one, this hooks onto what Murph talked about. If you're in a few leagues or one league, if like us, you know, and I'm not saying that, Some of my leagues don't matter, but there are leagues that I have which are more important than other leagues. Now, if you are in a lot of leagues, I would suggest finding which of these leagues are your most important. Like for me, it's my two home league dynasties the Epsom League uh, redraft we just did, and then there's a couple more. Those five will be the five I go to every week, set my lineup early, get my waivers in first, because if I have to do 45 waiver claims throughout the week and I get to 36 and think, oh, I'll get to the rest later and don't do them, I don't want the ones I accidentally forget to be my main leagues. So if you can highlight your main leagues in any way, like on Sleeper, you can move them around, put them to the top of your list. Make sure they're at the top of your list, and your important ones are the ones you focus on the most to start with because they're the ones you don't want to go down the drain first.
2: It's that's definitely a good point. Like everyone's got league of records, everyone's got leagues that care about more waivers is the pain, <laughs> so yeah, make sure you do yeah. the proper ones. Uh, right, so yeah, it's a great point, but also, and I think this one's really important, and I'll just add this to it, on the back of that, there are players who do that, right? Who do exactly what you just said, they have they've played 20 leagues. And then they they play and they co- they focus on the ones they care about first. And then they start focusing on the ones that are winning uh, a lot more. And then what gets my absolute goat is you get people who give up mid-season. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like, I'm in too many leagues. I can't manage it. And the ones that are losing, they just don't manage. Don't set lineups. Don't update. Don't do waivers. Don't be that person. Just please. I say every year, please do not be that person. Just play play the win every week. If you can't make the playoffs, set yourself a mission to get somebody to not make the playoffs. <laughs> if I'm in a league where I can't make the playoffs, I pick a target in that league and, and do everything in my power to stop that team making the playoffs. And that's a win for me. And you might call that as, as bullying or whatever. I don't, I don't stack the deck too much in the sense of I don't trade away all my players so that other teams get in ahead of them. I don't do anything like that. Like I don't organic tank. But I set waivers. I set my best lineups against everybody. Um, and that's what I mean. Like normally, I pick an opponent I've got to play twice still, as, for example, who's in playoff contention, because I can really impact their playoff run. Because if I can take both wins off them, they're going to have a harder chance to get in. It's never personal. It's never like, oh, I just picked that person because I don't <laughs> like them or anything like that. I mean, I I, I strategically work out... Who who can I impact the most and stop them from making the playoffs so they can feel the misery that I'm feeling? Um, I in fact, feel more miserable than I do because I would have beaten them. So, um, yeah. and, and, and and that uh, sounds quite bitter, but it's it's a game inside a game. Yeah, and it gives me mild satisfaction. <laughs> no, but I, but I would also yeah find uh, your motivation in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Find your motivation. But I would say if you are not motivated enough to finish the season out then go on Facebook or Insta or Twitter because there are people out there who I've the amount of people I've seen who want to get into fantasy football over the last week on Facebook is absolutely frightening like where were you when Murph and I were setting up leagues where were you when we were talking about our book because these people could benefit from the community reaching out to them earlier now granted they might not have been on the Facebook groups or they might have just not looked or thought about it and that's no no slight on them but these guys who only do one league and wanting to do more they'd be up for orphaning your teams if five weeks in you don't want to play anymore there are people out there who will take your team on regardless of record so if you don't want to play with your team anymore you know neil elliott does a great job on the nfl uk and the fantasy football side of that and stuff sorting out leagues pointing people in the right direction so even if you have to hit him up or, or someone in one of the nfl uk groups about the fantasy side you know say are there any leagues with orphan teams because the amount of orphan teams i get see, i see that get taken up in dynasty and stuff is is ludicrous so there are there's openings out there if you want to play four weeks into the season if you want if you are one of these people who are looking for a team go on facebook and have a look and if you're one of the people getting rid of a team go on facebook and and tell facebook you'll get rid of a team and i guarantee you someone will snap that up instantly
2: yeah 100 percent. and I, I think you know you make a good point there are people out there that don't really get into the fantasy season until two weeks before the season starts. And actually for people like you and me, it's like the end. Like we're kind of at, we're at the end of the drafts. And, you know, I had a, had a person message me this week, you know, when are you doing your listening? leagues? I was like, well I've done 26, 27 of them. So yeah, I'm not doing another one. <laughs> it's really not. i, get, I feel, Every time I always get suckered into it and think, yes, cause I don't want people to play random NFL.com random leagues. Um, So I set up a Buccaneers one this weekend for a live draft, um, which we did. Um, You know, and we'll always try and do what we can. And we don't want to be people who turn away people who want to play. But at the same point, you know, we have so many teams. I mean, we have too many teams. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. We can't just keep creating like 150 leagues and then be active or running them. It just... It gets to the point where it's a saturation, and and the point that we don't do a good job, and mm-hmm. that that's not what it's about. But you know, do do be considerate of of people that. Yeah, there will be people that will take a team out there. You can let us know. We'll put it on Twitter. I'm sure someone will take a team out there. But just do do the right thing. Like just just play. Like it's it's fun. It's a game. Yep. Just because exactly. you're losing, it doesn't mean you can't find ways to make it fun. Um, no, There's fan- always ways to make
1: it fun. Yeah, fantasy football is meant to be fun. That's the the overriding fact of fantasy football. It's supposed to be fun. So if, you, if you're not having fun, reach out to any one of us or anyone on Facebook or Twitter, and, and they'll take on the fun that that you're not having. So that, that's how to get ready for week one, Rush Nation. You should be ready. We've given you all the ammunition to help you make those selections, choices, picks, um, waivers, all the stuff you need to be absolutely fighting fit for week one. Get that protein, get the BCAAs in, get the, the pre-workout ready for Sunday night because it's going to go off. I cannot wait. I, there's all sorts of words I want to throw out on the podcast, but it's not safe <laughs> for work. So football's <laughs> back and we saw with the college season that it, it got underway now and it, it's so close. It's, it, yeah, uh, Ugh, I'll do that. Yeah, we're there. Yeah,
2: we're, there. We're, we're like less than 72 hours away from when you're listening to this so you know it was questionable whether it was going to go ahead or not i was always confident but we're now at this plate now where this is what we do and all that work that you've done in the off season with drafts and listening to content it's now time to put that to work this is this is day zero we got 16 weeks ahead of us to deliver some ships or 17 if you're one of those weird people that play in 17 week leagues oh dear (laughs) and You know, our goal is to deliver every person who listens to this podcast a championship. Obviously, if you're playing in one, that's going to be quite hard. (laughs) If you're playing in more leagues, then, yeah, it becomes slightly easier. But we're here to deliver you ships, send in your questions. We'll try and pick them up on the flagship show. Um, You know, we do the Patreon service where you can get access to our private Slack channel when you can pick up questions directly to headlines selections and one of us gets back to you pretty quickly on that one as well but ultimately we're now here to help you win so use us as much as possible Um, sending your questions sending dms whatever it is we'll always try and pick them up as as soon as we can Um, but ultimately keep listening to the pod be quick on the waiver wire mark be quick on your lineups don't flex on thursdays Um, study your opponents, make smart decisions, do it enough. And you will win enough games to get into your playoffs. And then we see what happens
1: once. Yeah, exact Murphy's exactly right. Let's get to the playoffs and see what happens. The one thing I can tell you rush nation is the five yard rush. Marina is going to have so many ships in it next year. From all you guys winning, we're going to have to build a bigger Marina. Don't know where that's going to be. I'm fancying somewhere sunny, but you know, this has been an absolute blast. I can't wait. Football is so close. Like I said, touching distance. Man, I'm so excited.
2: Yeah, it's going to be great. And I uh, appreciate everyone who's been with us during the off season. We picked up a lot of listeners. If you're still with us, then we appreciate you sticking around. If you're new to us, let us know. Just say, hey, listen to you for the first time. thought you guys were, were good or thought you guys were crap. Um, <laughs> either way. Constructive uh, criticism
1: is always welcome
2: yeah absolutely but yeah just to uh, appreciate everything uh everybody has done for this podcast and that uh, we continue to churn it out for you that's uh let's go to work it's day zero
1: let's do it murph this has been an absolute blast rush nation at a uh, 7 a.m midday and 5 p.m every day is when the articles are going to drop so head over to 5 uk to have a look at those they will be on the twitter and facebook universes too if you uh, need reminding the never flex on thursday t-shirt or similar apparel is over on the website go get yourself kitted out for the season until i tell you what wednesday we've got a guest show i'm not even going to tell you who it is because it's absolutely beautiful but until tomorrow rush nation as always don't forget keep rushing